0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew 6, 9 through 15, called The Kingdom Prayer.
1: I've heard people pray to the Holy Spirit and I don't have an issue with that because we serve a triune God. And Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are all part of the Godhead, the triune nature of God. However, the normal mode of prayer is still to pray to the Father in the name of the Son or through the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Son is the one that gives us access. We've been born again by the Holy Spirit. Let me just give you a couple of examples. Hold your place in Matthew. We'll come back. Let's turn over to John 16. Jesus is giving what's called the upper room discourse, John 16, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And he's talking about the disciples praying. And just to cut to the heart of the matter, John 16:24, Jesus says these words. Until now, John 16:24, you've asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive so that your joy may be full, made full. 1625 of John. These things I've spoken to you in figurative language In hours coming when I will no longer speak to you in figurative language, but will tell you plainly of the Father. In that day you will ask in my name and I do not say to you that I will request of the Father on your behalf. For the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from the Father. I came forth from the Father and have come into the world. I am leaving the world again and going to the Father. Now in Jesus' grand high priestly prayer, dropping down to 17.5, just to give a, get a flavor for this, Jesus is praying. He says, now, Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world was. And then just To get one more taste of it, down to 1724 of John. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me be with me where I am, so that they may see my glory which you have given me. For you love me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, although the world has not known you, yet I have known you, and these have known that you sent me. You can see that Jesus' prayer life is to the Father. He mentions asking in his name, in the book of Acts, if you just keep going to your right, your right, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, chapter four, the disciples have met for prayer and they're under a threat of persecution. They're told, don't speak anymore about the gospel or in the name of Jesus. In Acts chapter four, just to give another example of some biblical prayers that we see, look at 424 of the book of Acts. When they heard this, the threats and the uh, threat of persecution, they lifted their voices to God, Acts four twenty four, with one accord and said, O oh Lord, this will be it'll be obvious that they're addressing the Father, it is to you who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. It is you, who by the Holy Spirit, through the mouth of our father David your servant, said, Why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples devise futile things? The kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly in this city, there were gathered together against your holy servant, Jesus. You can see they're addressing the father. They're talking about the son against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel to do whatever your hand and your purpose predestined to occur. Just some other things for your notes. Uh, in Ephesians 3.14, Paul says, I bow my knees before the Father. Then he goes on to give a beautiful prayer. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all we ask. Uh, a great prayer there. Colossians 1.12 says, says giving thanks to the Father. And we could we could talk more about this. But I just, just to give you this uh, clear trajectory in your prayer life, you pray to the Father through the Son in the power of the Holy Spirit, or in the name of the Son. That is the way that the Bible lays this out. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Ephesians 1.3, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It humbles me, Matthew 6, and amazes me, turn back to Matthew, that I could bow my head anywhere I am, and not even bow my head if I'm driving or whatever, and just simply say, Abba, And I have the ear and the heart of heaven. That was really, to call God your Father was really an unknown thing in the Jewish mind. And to be able to just enter into the Holy of Holies by the blood of Jesus anytime we want to, 24 7. If you wake up in the middle of the night, you pray, He's there. You start your day before the sun comes up, He's there. Abba. And you address your Father who's in heaven, you're blessed with every spiritual blessing. It's a great privilege to call him Abba. But lest we get too cozy with God, we've got to balance this. And Jesus says, our Father, who's in heaven? Heaven is God's throne and the earth is his footstool. There's a vast distance from heaven to earth. Amen? And while it is true that I call God my Father, I know that God dwells in heaven. I know that God is the creator and sustainer of the universe, and I know that he is holy and powerful. He dwells in heaven. Therefore, this helps balance my approach to God, if you will. And we do need balance. There's familial love, but fundamental reverence for who God is. Spurgeon puts it this way, Our Father, and yet in heaven. In heaven and yet our Father. It's a beautiful thing to know that the sustainer of the universe, the all-powerful God who said, let there be light, and there was light, invites me in as a son or a daughter of the King. And this is one of the ways I seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. I might say something like this, Father in heaven, That's your throne. The earth is your footstool. You are the creator and sustainer of all things. You made me, you know me, you love me. I come before you in prayer right now. And I think it's a beautiful thing to match the familial uh, affection we have for God and comfort we have with God with marrying it together with his holiness. And I think that's how we find the balance here. You can see that Jesus gets into God's holiness in the very next petition or the very first petition after we've addressed God. The first petition is, hallowed be your name. While it is true that God's name is holy, that's not the essence of this prayer. We might pray, holy is your name, and that's certainly true. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Psalm 103, verse 1. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Mary in Luke 149 in her Magnificat said, the mighty one has done great things for me and holy is his name. There's no doubt that God's name is holy, but to pray hallowed be your name is to ask that God's name would be kept holy by you, your family, your church, and the world. We are praying as a petition, Lord, may your name be hallowed in the church and in the world. It's a petition. And the truth of the matter is that that doesn't always happen in the world. God's name is often not hallowed in the world, amen? Sadly. In fact, one of the commandments is don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain. But thousands of times all around the world on a daily or maybe hourly basis, people dishonor the holy name of God. And so a kingdom prayer is that the name of God would be reverenced. The angels sing, Revelation 4, Isaiah 6, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. God said in Ezekiel 39, 25, now I shall restore the fortunes of Jacob and have mercy on the whole house of Israel and I shall be jealous for my holy name. Our heart's highest wish is that the name of God is hallowed, starting in my heart, and moving out into the world. May your name be hallowed. You can see the kingdom orientation. The first three petitions are about God. They're not about me. And they're not even uh, singular pronouns. They're, when we get to the petitions, they're our. They're collective. They, they widen my view as I'm in my prayer closet, if you will. God's name is not to be equated with other mundane things. God is holy. The word holy means he's separate. He's separate. It speaks of his aboveness. He's pure and unmixed. He's not to be brought down along with mundane things. May your name be hallowed in my life and in the world. That's a kingdom prayer, brethren. And that's a good prayer. And unfortunately, that doesn't happen all around the world. And and certainly, we can't control all of that, but we can pray. And we can pray, Lord, let it start with me. May, May your name be hallowed. Now, you can see... After that, he says, Your kingdom come. The second petition, uh, starting with the vertical things, if you will, is Your kingdom or Thy kingdom come. Let me give you a definition of the kingdom of God. The fundamental definition of the kingdom of God is God's people under God's rule wherever they may be. The kingdom of God doesn't have to do with geography. It has to do with a mindset and a heart that is in love with the Lord and sees Jesus as the king, which is another way to say Lord or master. The kingdom of God exists today. Amazingly, it started in northern Israel with 12 men and is moved to the four corners of the known world. The only unreached area, according to missionary organizations, is the 1040 window. Do you know, moving from northern Israel, the kingdom of God has moved all over the globe to China, to Iran, to sub saharan Africa, to Europe, the United States. We could go on and on. The kingdom of God has moved all around the world, praise God. His kingdom, in one sense, has come. It hasn't been fully realized. I mentioned to you in a previous message, the kingdom is now, it's already, but not yet. That is, it will be fully realized at a future date in uh, concert with the second coming of Christ. But the kingdom of God has been spreading and there's much to rejoice about.
2: You'll hear
0: more from Pastor Michael in a moment.
2: Hi, I'm Rob Newton, program director for the Walk in Truth program. This year has given Walk in Truth many reasons to be thankful. Walk in Truth has reached more listeners than ever before with seven radio stations throughout the country, including right here in Southern California. In addition, Pastor Michael's teachings are listened to by thousands of people around the world thanks to the podcast. This year has brought new blessings as well. Listeners can listen to Walk in Truth's daily episodes, watch videos, and read the Bible through the new Walk in Truth app. The app also allows for new possibilities we hope to launch next year. Stay tuned for that. I am also very happy to announce that thanks to recent giving by some members of Living Truth and Walk in Truth listeners, we now have the funds to broadcast in San Diego on K-Praise 106.1 FM and AM 1210. The Lord is moving, making His gospel known, and like many other Living Truth ministries, He's using the Walk in Truth program to do it. We are thankful for your partnership and for your prayers. We can't wait to see what the Lord does with the Walk in Truth program in 2024.
0: We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. The kingdom of God has
1: moved all around the world. Praise God. His kingdom, in one sense, has come. It hasn't been fully realized. I mentioned to you in a previous message, the kingdom is now, it's already, but not yet. That is, it will be fully realized at a future date in uh, concert with the second coming of Christ. But the kingdom of God has been spreading, and there's much to rejoice about Sometimes we watch 15 minutes of the news and we think everything's been destroyed and, you know, the world's going to hell in a handbasket and it's all over and no need even trying anymore. But the kingdom of God has spread. In fact, uh, those who study such things say that the majority of the world has a Christian worldview or at least a Christian expression of faith, I should say. And that would include Roman Catholicism, Greek Orthodoxy, the Evangelical Church, Pentecostalism. If you start to put all those groups together, they say that Christianity is growing faster than Islam and that it's permeating the known world. We, we've just heard about college campuses. I know, you know, people are trying to see, is the revival real at Asbury and Texas A&M and wherever else it may be? Well, I think it's pretty cool that kids are singing praises to God for hours and hours and hours and confessing sin and studying their Bible. I mean, next to the other nonsense that's going, been going on in college campuses, that's not a bad thing. Now, we gotta be careful what we call revival, but you can see my point. The kingdom of God has made incredible strides all around the world praise be to God he's answered those prayers your kingdom come we're going to see kingdom parables ahead of us and Jesus will begin to describe what's happened with the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God has spread since the time that Jesus walked the earth in one sense his kingdom has come but in another sense it's still to come Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, Matthew 4, 17. He told the disciples, go and preach and say the kingdom is at hand. Uh, That's Matthew 10, verse 7. Flip ahead to Matthew 12, 28, just to make the point. Jesus uh, has been showing the power of God in his earthly ministry by casting out demons. And uh, here's what he says. In Matthew 12, 28, he says, If I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. He says in the Gospel of Luke, The kingdom is in your midst. The kingdom is now. The kingdom is here. Repent. The kingdom of heaven is here, it's at hand. Therefore, the kingdom did come, it is here, and it will be finally realized at the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we have a lot to celebrate because Jesus Christ said all authority in heaven and earth had been given to him. And he said, Go and make disciples. And the church has taken that mantle. And for the last couple thousand years, the gospel has permeated much of the known world. And the power of God has been doing its work. And I think that that is a blessing that we should not just move quickly past. Your kingdom come. And this is really what it means to express the kingdom. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, one day, heaven will come down to earth, Revelation 21.2. The new Jerusalem will come down. God's space and ours will finally be married, says one writer, integrated at last. That's ahead of us. The kingdom will be fully realized. But right now, it is spreading. And one of the ways that the kingdom manifests itself is in doing the will of God. That's what disciples do. We do the will of God. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? But just as God's name is not always hallowed on the earth, God's will is not always done on the earth. Amen? I'd like to say everywhere you go, you're going to hear people just holding up. God's name is holy. But that's not your daily experience, is it? Especially if you work on a construction site. I don't think so, right? And God's will is not always done. That is what the expression of the kingdom of God should look like in a, let's say, a church community, family, etc., marriage. But it doesn't always happen. But that is our prayer. Finally, there will be a day when his will is done. And Jesus says, may your will be done on earth, as it is in heaven. We can get into some eschatology last time's kind of discussion here, but let me just say this, that in heaven, the will of God is always perfectly executed. Amen. Nobody is in the presence of God and says, I don't do windows or no, you know, I don't want to do that. Right. His will is done in heaven, but on the earth, our prayer is that just as heaven's Heaven executes the will of God so that would happen on the earth. That's our desire. Lord, help me to do your will and, and, and may the, the, the will of the church, the will of our country, you know, our state, uh, may your will be done. Oh, that you would reign over all hearts, says Spurgeon, in all lands, whether Spurgeon rode across the pond, as we say, or wherever it might, might be. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When the kingdom is manifesting itself on earth, God's will will be done. That's the bottom line. But some refuse to do the will of God. And therefore, they don't belong to the kingdom. And I want you to think about that for a second because the gospel we preach, while we preach that Jesus is Savior, we also preach that Jesus is Lord. And if you're going to call Jesus Lord it should be your desire to execute his will. Amen? Now, we don't always hit the mark, of course, and that's where grace comes in. The Pharisees, Luke 7, verse 30, and the lawyers rejected God's purpose for themselves, not having been baptized by John. Jesus said to the religious leaders, you search the scriptures because you think in them you have life, and these are they that testify of me. Yet you're unwilling to come to me that you may have life. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often I wanted to gather you as a mother hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you would not. There are many, many scriptures that talk about the will of God. And it should be our heart to do the will of God. But unfortunately, it's not always happening here in the world. Acts 7.51, you always resist the Holy Spirit. I heard a good good analogy. You can take this for what it's worth. God has a perfect will and a permissive will in my view. Think about it this way. Let's say a ship was leaving a port and the captain is steering the ship and that ship is gonna go to that intended destination. No one else is steering it but the captain. But on that ship, let's say that you were on board. You have options during the trip. Let's say it's a week-long trip and you can catch some rays on the deck. You can eat the buffet and gain 10 pounds while you're <laughs> on the cruise. You can play shuffleboard. You can swim in the pool, whatever. I borrowed this analogy from someone, but from someone, but I think it really works. So you have choices as you are on the journey, but that ship's gonna get to its intended destination, whatever you do, whether you get a suntan, swim in the pool, eat the buffet, etc. Here's my point. God's great will is going to be done. And we're not, no one's ever going to thwart it. But as you ride the ship, you could decide whether or not you want to do his will on a daily basis, whether you want to really be on board with his will.
0: You've been listening to The Kingdom Prayer, part two on Walk in Truth. That was Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew chapter six, verses nine through 15. If you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. We would also love to hear from you. You can email Pastor Michael with your questions you may have from his teachings today. Or maybe you have a question about something else or need encouragement or prayer. Maybe you'd like to share how Pastor Michael's teachings have affected you. You can email Pastor Michael at contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. And thanks for reaching out. You can also find our mailing address on walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Okay, so as we talk about how to seek first the kingdom of God, and we're talking about the kingdom prayer,
1: you may be thinking, well, how do I, you know, maybe I'm just doing, I'm doing a little bit for the kingdom, but I kind of prefer it this way. Some people are so over the top that's all they ever do they They spend their life at church they that That's all they ever talk about. You know, isn't there a little bit of balance here? <laughs> well, you know the truth is that Christians are real people, and real people go to the gym and they watch sports and they enjoy life and they go out to dinner and you know if if we paint a picture to our friends and family that we're otherworldly, so to speak. Uh, we may not be painting the real picture. And, you know, if we're trying to put on a facade or do things in the power of our flesh, we're going to fail anyway. But if you're an authentic Christian, I think what you could say is this, I can live my life and my life is just going to overflow with the kingdom stuff because I'm in fellowship with the King and I love him. And so what I do, I do in gratitude and I look for opportunities, but Hopefully, I'm not repelling people. You know, people are being drawn, hopefully, by my winsome life and not being pushed away by some sort of phoniness or, you know, legalistic attitude or whatever it may be. This is Pastor Michael Lance. You are listening to Walk in Truth right here on your radio station, or perhaps you're a podcast listener. Hey, I am so grateful. We are grateful. The team is grateful for all of our Wonderful listening family, our partners, those of you who pray for us, send us notes of encouragement have partnered with us. We are excited to be on a new radio station on K Praise in San Diego. Thank you for praying and that opportunity has now come to fruition. We would encourage you to keep praying and keep giving if you can give fifteen, 20 dollars a month, 50 a month, whatever you can do. It does make a difference because it helps us pay the radio bills, but also look for new territory. And we definitely want to see this ministry spread to more places. You can find out where we're broadcasting and how you can be part of helping out and partnering with us at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. God bless you, and we'll see you right here tomorrow.
0: Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. We appreciate our Walk in Truth financial partners. You contribute to our ministry, broadcast, and podcast. As a thank you for your support, we've created the Walk in Truth app. you got to check it out. It's available in your app store. If you'd like to become a Walk in Truth partner, any amount is appreciated. You can now give on the Walk in Truth app or visit walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew 6, 9-15, through called The Kingdom Prayer. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living True Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.